We're beginning our series for the month of March. It's called Inside Out. And in a world that's obsessed with our external look and, and trying to change our world by changing the externals, there's nothing wrong with looking after the externals, that's important, but that is not going to be the key to totally changing our lives. The key to changing our lives is allowing God to come into our heart and change us spiritually and then begin to change our soul, and then that will affect our physical world. You are a three-part person. You, you are a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. And so the whole idea of this month is when God works on the inside, it'll, tra it'll transform us to the outside. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's inside out, baby. That's how it works. Come on, it's inside out. That's how it works. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, I, I want to share around this whole uh, thought this morning. The scripture that I want to start with is Psalm chapter 124 and verse 7. And it's David and he says this, Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. I want us to get this idea this morning that we have an enemy. We have a spiritual enemy. The Bible calls him the devil and his his desire for us is to trap us and to destroy us and he sets just as a fowler which was a bird catcher in the old testament days just as a fowler would set traps to catch a bird the enemy sets traps to catch you and i in our soul in our inner world and if he can catch us in our inner world then he will begin to torment us and he'll begin to oppress us and try and shut us down from the inside out and and so there's a whole lot of ways that he tries to trap us all right and I'm going to speak this morning about one very powerful way that the devil tries to trap us and it's called the comparison trap the comparison trap so the comparison trap uh, for me this is something that that is a personal message and every message that I preach I like to preach out of revelation of things that work in my own life not just concepts but things that I've that God has done in my own world and this is one of those messages that that I can tell you uh, has been developing in me over the over the years uh, in my life over the years in different seasons I've struggled with seasons of insecurity and feelings of inferiority uh, like many people at different times I, I've felt insecure about all sorts of things I've felt insecure about my appearance uh, don't say amen there, Josh. That's, that's a bad moment. Uh, I felt insecure about my personality. Don't say amen again about this is just, I'm being vulnerable right now. Don't, don't help me. Don't put me down. The t anyway, I felt insecure in different moments about my personality. I felt insecure. That's better. No. I felt insecure at different moments about uh, the gifts that I've got, the strengths that I've got, the ability or the success that I've had or haven't had. Uh, what has magnified those feelings of insecurity and inferiority at times has been an unhealthy comparison to others. An unhealthy comparison to others. Uh, for me, my very first memory of when I began, uh, that began to be an issue for me particularly, uh, was in my early 20s. I was living here on the coast and I moved into a, into a bachelor pad with two of my best mates. And uh, we lived on Bradman Avenue in a pink house that was due for demolition. And uh, we were, the, I think, the last people to live there before it got demolished and for good reasons. Anyway, that's a whole other story. I lived in that house with uh, my soon-to-be brother-in-law. Uh, his name was Anthony and he's Danielle's oldest brother. And, uh, and uh, Anthony, she used to come around to visit her brother. 
Uh-huh, slipped under my radar. And, you know, well, anyway, that's a whole other message. All right. And so Anthony, uh, as, as my brother-in-law, he is a, he is a fantastic person. Uh, he has got, if you've ever met him, he's six foot six. He exudes personality. Uh, he's got the most remarkable sense of humor. Uh, he, he has got great people skills. He's, he's a fantastic guy. And so what would happen with Anthony, you'd walk into a room and, and everyone would just go shump to Anthony. He would laugh at any joke, no matter how bad. And so therefore, everyone would wander up to Anthony to tell them their latest joke. And he would be there laughing away, making everybody feel good about themselves. Remarkable people skills is the life of the party uh, and so for me that began uh, began um, triggering some insecurities in me well if he's the life of the party am I not good enough is my what's wrong with me that people don't all run to me they run to Anthony it just it began this little internal battle of triggers in fact it was it was highlighted probably in a very humorous way when we decided to go on a double date and so in this double date we agreed I would ask this girl and he would ask another girl. And so I rang her up and said, would you like to come on a double date with us as my partner? And throughout the course of the conversation, she told me I'd actually rather go with Anthony. <laughs> oh, straight to the heart. I mean, really? That's and, then, and then the double date was a disaster. That's a whole other story. Uh, here's a hot tip. Sizzler's probably not a great place for a double date. But anyway, just, it was economical at that particular point. And so it began uh, me under, you know, learning things of how do I deal with this insecurity and inferiority and things in my life. The very first thing I learned out of that experience was rather than be competing together, I would become his biggest fan. I would, I would uh, cheer him on. I would celebrate him. I would let his success inspire me rather than um, deflate me. So that was the first thing I learned in my journey of overcoming insecurity. Now, with the introduction over the years of social media uh, and everything Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, this issue has only been magnified for many people and for me as well. Uh, the, the, when people, and this is what social media is, we all take our, our highlight real moment and we put it on social media and then we go, wow, what an amazing life. And then we look at that and compare our ordinary life and we can easily, if we're not careful, fall into the comparison trap and begin a downward spiral out of that comparison. And so to be honest, for me, over the years, there would be definitely moments where I've, I've looked at someone else's success and I've looked at that and it's triggered something of insecurity in me and begun a downward spiral into a mild depression, uh, into anxiety sometimes uh, for a brief period of time, sometimes that would last for days and I would live under this cloud and wonder, what is this cloud? What is, what is this heaviness that I'm feeling right now? And at the time, not necessarily associating it with the comparison that began me on that spiral. Uh, this is not a new thought for us. In fact, in the world that we live in today, uh, this is a, a major issue for so many people. Right now, more teenagers than ever in history are seeking psychologists and help to deal with per mental issues and mental health issues and, and, and trying to overcome these obstacles of anxiety and fear. And some of the core issue of that is this trap of the devil 
It's a comparison trap. Uh, it's not a new phenomena comparison. It's been going on for years. You've just got to read the Bible. You've just got to read about a, a king by the name of Saul and, and his rising star by the name of David. And there was a moment when King Saul's rising star, who should have been his great success, but he begins to be more successful than, than the current king. And the ladies are singing as David, as the commander of the army, comes back in and he's just won this great battle. And the ladies on the street are, are singing like Beyonce would. All the single ladies are singing anyway, and they're singing, uh, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. And right there in front of him, it was as if King Saul opened up his Instagram page and there was a photo of David with the tens of thousands and the caption, Saul has slain his, his thousands, but David tens of thousands. And this is what happened to David when he heard that song. It says this in 1 Samuel 18, 8 to 9. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said. They credit David with tens of thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. He, he compared, and in that comparison, anger got there. And the Bible says anger's okay, but the Bible says don't let anger cause you to sin. And this anger caused him to sin with jealousy. And he began to get jealous. And then the Bible says in the very next verse, it goes on to say, and from that moment on, a tormenting spirit came on Saul. And so the, the, the comparison moment led to him sinning and that jealousy opened the door and then a tormenting spirit comes on him. The next moment, he's throwing a javelin at the commander of his army, his son-in-law, because of jealousy, trying to kill him. What a crazy thought of where the comparison trap will take us, trying to destroy the people around us that God's actually sent to help us. So this, this story and this idea uh, throws it for all of us. And so uh, the first thing I want to say is all comparisons are not bad. There can be healthy comparisons that, that help us in, in our family, uh, particularly with my uh, two older sons, there would be an ongoing comparison of who was the, the tallest in our family. Uh, one of my favorite uh, photos is me with my, uh, my two boys and there's a stick balancing on our head and it goes in a particular direction as, our, as my second son became the tallest at six foot four in our family. Great moment for him. That didn't trigger insecurity in me. That was just a healthy comparison. Okay, so there can be healthy comparisons, but then there can be unhealthy comparisons and unhealthy comparisons are the one. They can be around all sorts of things. They can be around our, our appearance. That can be around our personality. We compare ourselves. That can be around someone's academic prowess or intelligence or results. That can be around someone else's abilities and gifts that they seem to be so good at. And then we compare ourselves. That can be around someone's popularity, the amount of followers they've got, the amount of friends that they've got on Facebook. They, and that can cause us to compare and feel bad about ourselves. That can, that can be around someone's wealth and possessions. This is where the expression keeping up with the Joneses comes from. And if you're a Jones here today, we love you. You're very welcome here. But we're not trying to keep up with you, okay? So the, keeping up with the, but that expression comes from people comparing themselves to their neighbor's car, house, holidays, whatever it might be, and trying to strive to be better or equal to. 
It can be someone's success in career or family. And if we get into a place of unhealthy comparison, it can begin the downward spiral into all sorts of dark places, activating feelings of inferiority and triggering what I believe is probably one of the greatest mental health epidemics that we've ever experienced across the world. And while social media is great, it can also be a big, a big part of this journey. So the good news is that God has got help for us so that we can say, like the psalmist, my soul has escaped from the trap that the enemy set for me. And that's what I want us today to get some understanding. I want to peel back uh, some, some things that I've learnt that have helped me so much. I am the most confident that I've ever been in my life because of God's ability to help me get out of insecurity and inferiority. And I want to share some of those stories with you. I don't want you to have a situation where a friend succeeds and they become your frenemy your friend enemy because they're out. I want, the, I want them to be your friend who you celebrate. And so here's, here's, here's the issue. I want, us, I want us to understand first and foremost, the issue that begins with unhealthy comparison that ends in, in a downward spiral emotionally and even torment, it can end up in some very dark places. And I want us to understand today, this is not just a matter of saying, oh, I shouldn't compare myself because it makes me feel bad, so I'm going to stop. I want us to understand today that there's way more going on under the surface that we're unaware of, and I want us to help uh, us understand that today. You see, what's, what's going on in this? Oh, well, let me imagine today. Let, just use your imagination, and you'll need it for this particular illustration. I'm an amazing artist. Okay, just use your imagination. Okay, because I'm not, but just use it. Let's say I'm one of the world's greatest artists and I meet you, and then I meet your friend, or I meet somebody else, and I, because I, I think you're the best person, I, I decide to paint a painting that's specific for you. It's a masterpiece. It's got you in mind. I've put so much thought and effort into it, and I design that, and it's beautiful, and it's, it's so well made, and I present that to you as a gift from me to you because I think you're amazing. And at the same time, beside you, there's your friend and some other people. And I've done the same thing for them because I think they're amazing. And I've done this wonderful masterpiece. And if I was to give that to this person and they received it, imagine if in that moment you looked at your masterpiece and you looked at their masterpiece and inside something of you said, why is theirs better than mine? And if I took that and, and looked at it and said to you, I hate what you've done here. I don't like it. Theirs is so much better than mine. Their, that creation is so much better than mine. Imagine the insult that would be to me as a master artist who'd created something specifically for you with thought and care. Imagine how insulting that would be to me. And that is what we do to God when we fall into the comparison trap. You made them incredible, better person, better looks, better skills, better all the, and we say to God. Now here's the thing I want you to understand. When we, when we say that to God, not consciously, but subconsciously, when we make that statement to God, it's not just a, oh, that's not a good idea. It's sin. 
Sin is rejecting the way God's made us. And so today I want us to understand something about what happens when we sin. This is what the Bible tells us in the beginning, uh, early stories of Cain and Abel. There's a scripture and it says this, uh, after cables, uh, uh, after cable, that's a combination. That's like J-Lo. Okay, after Cain and Abel, after Cain's in his whole sort of pain, he, he, the Bible says, beware Cain, sin is crouching at the door. It's crouching at the door. It's trying to, it's, 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 let's do it this way. It's, it's trying to knock to get in. And it says sin is crouching at your door and it wants to control you. That's what sin is. It wants to control you and I, all sorts of sin. Now, here's the interesting thing. When we sin and we, we don't repent of it and we don't get right with Christ on that particular issue, that sin literally opens the door to the devil. And here's the interesting thing. If you were to imagine that this is my house and this is my room and this, this is where I live, I, I am responsible for the boundaries of my life. The devil cannot get into my... If I'm a, a follower of Jesus Christ, the devil cannot get into my world. He's got no legal right to get into my world once I'm a Christian. He can't get in. The only way he can get in, because there are very clear spiritual boundaries and principles, the Bible says, don't, let the, don't give the devil a foothold. Don't give the devil an open door for your life. So the Bible is very clear. The only way evil spirits can get in and cause torment and pain and oppression in your world is only, is only a few ways. One is sin opens the door, and he has a rightful way into our world and into our life. Two is ignorance. We don't actually realize he's there and we don't realize the authority we have to kick him out. And three is apathy. So it's there, but we just don't know how to fight to overcome him. They're the only reasons that the enemy is going to dominate and overcome our world is one, if we've opened the door and given him rightful access, or two, if we're apathetic about it, or three, we're ignorant. That's why the Bible says don't be ignorant of the enemy's devices because he can get in and control and oppress and shut down. So here's, here's the interesting thing. When I start to compare myself to somebody else, and, I, and it begins to trigger the insecurities and I begin to reject God and the, reject God's creation of me, that sin, that literally opens the door to, to spirits of rejection. So I'm like, I'm here, I'm in my life, I, I see that person, they're, they're so amazing, they're, everything seems perfect, and I'm comparing myself, and I'm like, oh, blah, 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 they're, they're, they're amazing, and I'm so terrible. That sin opens the door, welcome, come on in, devil, and rejection gets into my life, and when, reject, when a spirit of rejection gets into my life, it has rightful access to torment me. It has rightful access to make me reject myself, that spirit. And so now I'm subject to a constant bombarding. You're not good enough. You're, you don't compare. You, no, no one likes you. Here's what happens. Then, then it brings some friends along. Because often what happens in that moment is we get jealous. That's also sin. So jealousy, like Saul, that, that's another spirit comes in and starts tormenting me and starts driving me to act a certain way I don't want to behave. Then there's more coming off and these are, these are the friends. They're like cousins. They come together because now, because you're doing so well at this and I feel bad about it and I'm rejecting God or I've opened the door, now to make myself feel better, 
I'm going to start criticizing you because I want to bring you down to my own level. In fact, because I haven't accepted who God's made me, that, that lack of acceptance means that I'm going to reject myself, be critical of myself, and now I'm going to turn that out to other people. And a critical spirit also is like, well, awesome, there's a party going on at John's house. So he's, now I'm wondering why I feel bad, why I'm bombarded, why I'm being critical of everybody. I've got to own the fact that I opened the door through sin. Therefore, the only way to deal with this is really important because I can come to church, get on the altar call, and, and we pray, and, in the, and we go, and we're in my house, and in the name of Jesus, all right, we take authority over those things, get off him rejection, get out of his life, and it goes out. Now, it's like, oh, cool, we shifted it out. And then tomorrow morning, it's like, cool, the door's still open. Hey, hey it's party time at John's house. And then I come and I see my group and they all pray for me. Oh, we're going to get that heaviness off you. We're going to get that spirit of torment that's harassing you. And it, and it goes because the name of Jesus freaks it out. Tomorrow morning, oh yeah, unrepented sin, the door's still open. Hey, hey we're back for the party. You can go on older call after older call after older call, moment after moment after moment. But if we don't deal with the core issue, which is the open door, then that thing's just, it's, it's like an, in, an open invitation to my house. So what I've got to realize then is I've got to break the power of this thing. And the only way I break the power of this thing is not someone praying for me, but it's humbling myself before God and going, God, I'm so sorry. I've rejected the way you've made me. I'm so sorry. I've insulted you. I thought you didn't do a good enough job. I've rejected the, the blessing that I'm experiencing on my life. I've just compared myself to others. I'm so sorry. Rather than, then Lord, I've been jealous. I haven't celebrated what you're doing in their life as an inspiration to me. I've got jealous of them. Then I've got critical God. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I've, I'm just, I'm living a way you don't want me to be. Then, rather than having faith for my future and the way God's created me because there's this amazing future that he's created you with and these gifts, I'm like, oh, I just suck. I might as well give up. We'll go and eat worms. You know, like that whole thing, it's just this heaviness. And so, so now I've moved into unbelief. I don't even, I, because they're so successful and I'm feeling so bad about myself, why, why even bother? So now I'm in unbelief and that's another sin. And I'm wondering why God's not doing anything in my life and he's wondering why I've left the door open. He says, I want you to deal with this. And re, so, so this morning I want us to understand, you know, at the end of this service, there is going to be so much freedom come into this room. I can feel it. It happened in the first service. It's going to happen in this moment. So repentance is just simply this. We, get, we agree. We get on God's side. We agree with Him. When He puts a spotlight on something that's wrong, this is, and this is, like I'm talking about one area of our life. This, this relates to every area of our life. Unforgiveness is an open door that leaves us open to demonic oppression. So you, sin will open the door. Your eyes are the window to your soul. What you look at opens the door to stuff to get in and harass your soul. Things that need to be repented of. What we agree with, we could, we could go on and on. I'm just talking the comparison trap today. 
That's why Encounter Day next week, we've got Mike Connell coming. There's an Encounter Day. We have them every two, two months. And this one particularly it, with Mike is going to be so powerful because it's about identifying the lies we believe, repenting from them, the things that we've accepted, repenting from them. And when we repent, we're like, close the door. Close that door. So, okay, once I've closed the door, no rightful place to come in. The second thing I've got to understand is the, the closing of the door is what repentance does. Now I've got to get that thing out. That means I've got to rebuke it. So number one is repent. Number two, I've got to rebuke it. Jesus did this and he took authority over evil spirits and he commanded them to leave. And you and I have got the authority to command evil. If you've got Christ in your life and you're surrendered to him, you've got authority to rebuke the devil and him to leave. Uh, now, sometimes it's really awesome to get with someone else, let light in and go, you know what? I've just realized I've been sinning against God by comparing myself and just to be vulnerable and open up, let some light into this dark place to a leader or a group or your partner or someone, a friend and say, I, I've just, I've created darkness in my life where the enemy's having a field day and I don't want that to happen anymore. And so you confess it to somebody else. Maybe you pray together. Maybe you get someone to pray with you to rebuke that thing or pray it off you or you pray together and you rebuke it. Now, this is what I want you to understand. As a believer, even if you're a two-day-old Christian, one-day-old, you have authority because of who's now in you, Christ. The Bible says, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. I, I like to think of it like this. When my uh, oldest son, Jackson, was about three years old, I tell this story a lot because it just helps people understand what's going on. We had bush turkeys that would come to our house in Budra Meadows and come up to the back patio. And, and so I would get out there and like, get out, go, get off the place. Stop scabbing off us, you know. And so one day I'm like, they're coming up and Jackson, he's about this high. And so the bush turkeys weren't really afraid of him. But I thought I'm gonna teach him how to, how to scare them off. So I just said, okay, buddy, you just stand out there. When they come and, and they come towards you, don't run away, don't be frightened. Just stamp your feet and say, go that's all you gotta just go just make yourself big and uh, and do that just go all right so he so i watch this bush turkey come up and he's there and i'm behind him he doesn't know i'm behind him and so it comes up it runs up to him and so he just is like go go but right behind him is me and i'm there going now he thinks man i'm powerful that bush turkey ran a mile. What he doesn't realize is dad's got his back right now. Here's the great news for you and I. Greater is he who's in you. Jesus, the devil's not afraid of you. He's afraid of Christ in you. That makes you more than an overcomer. You rebuke him, he must go. He must go. That's why we gather together, we pray, we learn our authority. But here's the third thing I found for me that it wasn't just a matter of repent, close the door, rebuke, rebuke. And I'd, I'd spent a lot of time years ago just rebuking these things, but I'd still be struggling. And I re I'd realize, okay, first I've got to close the door by repenting. But now what happens? You rebuked him, you felt free, you felt amazing. People are going to go out of this place feeling amazing today because you've identified the door, closed the door through repentance. We've rebuked the devil. He's gone. You're feeling lighter tomorrow morning going to come back tomorrow morning he's going to go see that instagram page with that that mum who's got three babies and had one two weeks ago and she's perfect pushing her pram running and, and she's just amazing and you're like oh i'm a mess you're like yeah and you want yeah, and you want to do bad things to her okay you, you know what i'm talking about 
you're, you're, you're a bit of a failure. You're not quite good enough. Whatever it might be. See that business that's so successful and yours is struggling? The enemy's just trying. What he's doing, this is what the Bible says. When, we, when a demon gets off our life and leaves our life, it goes away into the wilderness, Jesus said, and it, look, and it hangs around. Demons like to be with live things. So it goes out there and goes, ah, this is not warm or nice. I've been living with him for the last five years. I like John's body. I want to go back there. I wonder, and I'll, he'll go back there. And he says that if he comes back and he finds it clean and swept out, he'll get some friends and come back. So we've got to be aware that tomorrow morning, now I've rebuked the devil, now I've got to get into a new zone of resisting the devil. And you might have to resist the devil for one month, two months, six months, 12 months, every day until it stops harassing you. So when you get up tomorrow, you don't wait for the feelings to come. You just get up and you know those demonic spirits have got names. And so I, for me, this is how I dealt with it. I wrote them on the, on the wall. Rejection, inferiority, control, uh, intimidation, critical thinking. Or those, those had critical spirits. I wrote them up and then it would come back. And, and every morning before I would feel those things, I would just take authority over my sphere, myself, and say, in Jesus' name, I, re, I resist uh, uh, rejection. I resist inferiority. I resist being judgmental. I resist these thoughts. You've got no right in my place in Jesus' name. What, like 30 seconds every day. And it's like, cool. So if I, those things would come at me during the day, I'm like, no, 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 I'm resisting those thoughts. I'm not going into that sin and I'm not gonna reopen the door. I'm gonna resist. This is what the Bible says in James 4, verse seven. So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him and he will turn and run away from you. It might, he might be not because you've, you, it's almost like he's been friends with you for a long time. It's, it's like the comfortable pair of tracksuit pants that you don't wear outside of the house, but you wear them at home. It's comfortable criticizing people. Makes me feel good about myself. It's comfortable having a pity party, as my mom used to call it, feeling bad about, how, about my life. I've become so used to it. It's my comfort zone, but I've actually got to shift out of that and change my life and I change it by resisting the devil the last thing that you've got to do is renew your mind I'm not going to preach about that today in two weeks time we've got Mike Connell next week in two weeks time I will preach part B to this sermon and it's all about the fourth R so we're talking about repenting rebuking and resisting the fourth R is about renewing our minds I'm going to preach a message and it'll be called getting a new selfie image See what I did there? See what I did there? Hey, come on, right there. A new selfie image, all right? And that's about how we're going to renew our mind to see ourselves the way God sees us rather than through comparison. Can I get the band to come on up right now? This is what we're going to do. I know God's been speaking to people. I know the spotlight's been going on right across this room. And this is what we're going to do in these next three minutes. Uh, I'm going to ask in a moment if, if God's been speaking to you about those things that we need to repent of, like He has to me over the years, and, and it's brought so much freedom to me. If God's speaking to you in a moment, I'm going to get, get you in your seat to stand up and just do business with God in your seat. Then we're going to rebuke the spirits that have got access into our life through our unrepentant sin. Now we're repenting and now we're taking authority over them. And then I want you out of that place. The freedom's going to come. Freedom is going to come into this room, into your heart in that moment. Then out of that place, begin the journey of daily 
resisting those spirits that want to come back and drag you back in to that comparison trap. You don't have to go there. Father, right now, as we close our eyes, I thank you in this room for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for people who are watching online in this moment as truth is coming. It comes to set them free. And I'm asking that you touch people in Jesus' name. If God's been speaking to you this morning that this is a key for you for freedom out of the comparison trap, I want you just to stand up in your seat right now, real bold, real strong. Stand up right now and say, that's me. I need to get out of that. I need to get out of that trap. I need to get out of those lies that the enemy's been trying to trap me in. Just be, you know what? There's power in vulnerability in a moment like this. I would be standing. I've stood in these kind of moments and it's been a key to my freedom. So if you want to get free from the torment or the inferiority feelings or the insecurity feelings that will bombard you and limit you, stand up right now because freedom's about to come into your world. Freedom is about to come. All right, this is what we're going to do just for the next 30 seconds, one minute. Begin to repent. Just begin to come to Jesus and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I've believed lies. I'm sorry I've rejected you and your creation of me. I'm sorry I've been jealous. I'm sorry I've been critical of others. Lord, I'm sorry for unbelief about myself and the future. Just right now, begin to do that business with God. Close your eyes. Just begin to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Own it own that sin own the power of that sin close the door on the devil right now close the door on his lies on the enemy right now come out from the shame that he wants to put you under come out from the comparison that he wants you to live under God's going for some of you God's going to use the thing that's been tormenting you and he's going to turn it for good this moment is a powerful moment. You're shutting the door on the enemy in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, this is what I want us all to do. Can we all stand up together right now? And we're going to now, because we've repented, it's so simple. Repentance from the heart closes the door. Now we're all going to rebuke That's th those particular demons that are coming and harassing people, those things that come in off the sin of comparison. So right now, I'm gonna, in a moment, I'm going to count to three. And whatever it is that's tormenting you, whatever it is that's coming against you, rejection, intimidation, inferiority, judgment, critical spirit, whatever it is, rebuke that thing off your life in Jesus' name. Are we ready? One, two, three. Come on, get off right now. In Jesus' name, we take authority over every spirit. We say, get off, get off, get off right now. Every lie, get off, get off. Every condemnation, get off, get off. Shame, get off in Jesus' name. Rejection, go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Ramama, self-hatred and harm. Go in the name of Jesus. Get off people right now. We break your power in the name of Jesus. We break your lies in the name of Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. The ultimate expression for so many people of rejection inside becomes self-harm. We wonder how can people help harm themselves so much? It's driven by evil spirits of rejecting ourselves. Suicide is the ultimate expression of rejection 
because I'm rejecting who God's created me and I'm, there's just so much d- depression that goes with that. God wants to set people free from that and bring life and hope. Father, right now, I thank you where there's been darkness. Holy Spirit, come and fill those places. Come and fill those spaces. Father, right now, let faith begin to rise. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Made in the image of God. Made with a great future and a great hope. The power of God working in you right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Fantastic, fantastic. Come on, church, let's put our hands together. Uh, Church, God bless you. You're awesome. Thank you so much.